Hello and welcome to Style and Substance, a branding and business podcast for inspired and empowered entrepreneurs. I'm Elizabeth Cairns and together with my fabulous co-host Fiona Humberstone, we're here to help you sidestep the hustle, keep joy at the forefront of your work and champion a more meaningful and sustainable approach to business. We'll talk about everything from purpose to productivity, from colour psychology to creativity, where to start and how to keep going, how to stay inspired, empowered, and more importantly, sane in the process. We hope you enjoy the show. And if you do, please like, share, subscribe, and keep listening. Hello, hello, lovely listeners. We are back very excited how are you Fee? <laughs> I'm good thank you yeah yeah I've got well appropriately so I've got a lot on right now so I am I'm launching three seminars for the season plus two discovery seminars so I've got five seminars to get live in the next couple of days and it's a lot I mean yeah. the admin that goes into setting up one of those seminars is huge yes. so very appropriately, we are talking about overwhelm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've got a lot on too. Yeah, you really have. Yeah, but not feeling overwhelmed, actually feeling fired up, which is great. And so we'll get into how that happens. But the reason we're talking about this is because lots of people are telling us that mm. this is how they are at the moment. Yeah, it's a huge theme, isn't it? Overwhelmed yeah. and just under the cosh and just feeling, yeah, just feeling not great. So we thought we'd we'd tackle it and yeah. see what we can thrash out about this delicious, probably far too common feeling that so many of us have. And do you think people are especially overwhelmed now that it's autumn and the pressure's on to get that last bit of business in the bag before the end of the year? Or do you think they've been overwhelmed all year or do you think it's just a state of being that lots of entrepreneurs find themselves in and it's almost just part of the furniture? I think all of the above, actually. Yeah. Um, so there are definitely some people that have been in a chronic state of overwhelm for a long time uh, post-COVID, for example. Yes, okay. Um, because that all of that period was really, really stressful and, and overwhelming and then getting back into business. Some people have lost their mm. businesses. You know, that that just the state of the nation creates that overwhelm I think the energy of this season can feel very overwhelming particularly if you've had a sort of more spacious freer or a different pace over the summer and then naturally you're like oh okay I've got to get my head back in the game and how do I how do I click into that gear Mm. and that can produce a lot of overwhelm and I think the pace of life and the pace of business and the expectations placed on us and all the socials and all the different channels of communication and all of the things that we're told we need to be doing it all like you say the coming with the furniture thing it it almost feels like like that expression that drives both of us nuts it's like burnout is inevitable yeah a lot of people feel like oh well I'm not running a proper business unless I'm in that state of oh god there's yeah I'm not hard enough if I'm not overwhelmed yeah maybe so maybe there's some of that in the mix yeah but I do know it's, it's overwhelmingly yeah being experienced at the moment yeah. so we thought we'd yeah we'd get in and we'd tackle that and I think there's overwhelm that's created externally and it's a lot at the moment with everything that's going on 
in the media, with everything that's going on politically, with everything that's, you know, there's a lot going on and economically. And I think there's also a dynamic of overwhelm that that we can create for ourselves. Mm. Um, And there's also an, an innate tendency that some of us have, depending on our neurotype, for example, to experience that overwhelm just because of the way our brains might work yeah it tends to manifest for me in two different ways it's like it's either acute in the moment or it's chronic Mm. and if you have an underlying part of the furniture chronic systemic state of overwhelm going on it probably then periodically peaks into that visceral feeling that we have of I can't cope it's all too much And, and then we respond differently to that feeling yeah I mean, do do you get that in the moment for yourself? Do you have like micro moments of overwhelm? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> ironically, I'm in a micro moment of overwhelm right now because <laughs> <laughs> I said right at the start of the season, didn't I, that I was going to be kind to myself and I was going to just take things gently. And I'm suddenly now in this moment where I'm like, hang on a minute, I've got a window to deliver some seminars mm. to talk about elevate to talk about the resonant brand method I need to get some dates in and actually if I'm to get some dates in the first one needs to happen next Thursday which means that I need to start marketing it like yesterday and so suddenly the pressure is whacked on Mm. and it's only when I'm in it like now that I remember actually it takes me a day to write one of those sales pages it takes a good couple of hours just to set up the admin that goes into adding the right people to the right segment on my mailing list getting them booked into the live demo seminar all of that stuff and then I've got to write the newsletters and then I've got to do the Instagram graphics and then I've got to write a blog post about it and then I've got to update my Mm. website um, seminars page and then I've got to change it just goes on and on and on and on and on and on if I was to write every single step of that out it would utterly freak me out (laughs) yeah and I think the other thing that happens when I'm in this state of got a lot to do there's not much flow or creativity or joy Mm. happening Mm. so you're almost in a little bit of a it feels a bit stuck Mm -hmm. you know until mm. I can, I, it, it for me, this is stuff that I need to get on off my list so that I can get on with the business of doing the stuff that I love. Yeah, yeah. And that's actually something that frequently pulls you through that overwhelm, isn't it? That drive to get, get to the done. other side and get yes. it done. Get it out of the way. Yeah, and actually, even just listening to that, if that was the only thing you were doing in your life right now, that would still be quite overwhelming. But when yes. you then put that in the context of, and I'm going to edit this out in the edit, so you guys won't hear it, but Fee's having all her radiators ripped out at the moment. And, yeah. you know, there, yeah. there's loads going on with the kids, isn't there? And there's yeah. there's loads going on in the house and there's all that other stuff. So yeah, that, that list of to-dos just to market those seminars might be okay if you also then didn't have a tiny window before you have to go and pick pops up or... Exactly. If I hadn't spent yesterday making a four-tier s'mores cake for Justin's birthday <laughs> yum <laughs> I know Actually, I didn't even eat it because I felt so sick from tasting everything oh! <laughs> oh, no. 
By the time he got home, I couldn't eat it. Oh, what a shame. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that pain. Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? That overwhelm is self-created, not intentionally, yeah. but all yeah. of those things are because you want, well, actually, no, the, the, the plumbing stuff is not self-created. Let's put that into context. But, no. but the, you know, you want to make a birthday cake. You want to make his birthday special and all of that kind of stuff. And you've decided that this is the window for the seminars. But that doesn't mean that we have necessarily any more control over the emotion of that. And no. it's all very well to say, well, don't, don't put yourself under so much pressure. But actually, when we look at what drives putting those things on the to-do list, there's deeper value drivers and deeper needs underneath all of that isn't there you have your numbers to hit you have the business that needs to be in a certain shape you have the plan for what's coming out this year so it's not like we we often don't feel like we have a conscious choice to just drop all that right because we're supporting other very core values and very core priorities and I think the honest truth is that if I did just say do you know what I've got lots going on because what you don't even know is that we've also got carpets coming in 10 days so we're having to do oh my god all of the remaining painting and and the drilling that you're going to edit out is actually Pete screwing down the floors so there's there's even more going on than you realize and (laughs) if I was just to say do you know what I'm going to be kind to myself and I'm going to do a lot less I've kind of said that quite a lot this year Mm -hmm. and it is having an impact on my bottom line and that is the bottom line is that there is a trade-off and I do wonder whether some level of pressure is important and I can't sustain it but I do need you know actually I would much rather have two quite boring days where I'm doing the admin of getting all the you know all the the nuts and bolts in place and I I should be clear I love delivering the seminars and I love writing them yeah. I'd much rather do that than spread it out over mm. three weeks. Yeah. I just yeah. want to get on to the fun stuff. Yeah, exactly. And I think you've hit the nail on the head there. We we do need a certain amount of pressure yeah. to achieve our potential to, and to thrive. And our threshold for that pressure will be different for everybody. You and I probably have quite a high threshold yeah. actually for that stuff. So a lot of people will be listening going, I would just be on my knees with that. So, yeah, I think we have, we definitely have resilience, but I think my tolerance for how long I'm prepared to work in that state is quite short. And I actually think that's one of the keys to your resilience. So the ability Mm, to not tolerate and tackle, it's like, um, you know, if I was to shift context here and talk about one of the things that I think makes my current relationship work really well is that both of Mm. us have very low tolerance for discomfort or when something's left unsaid or when Mm. something doesn't quite feel right, we won't let it fester. We have to talk about it. We have to thrash it out. We have to do that. And that builds resilience in the relationship. It's the same thing. I think low tolerance for feeling uncomfortable can be, provided you have the tools to then address it, can be, Mm. you know, one of the builders of resilience. Yeah. So there is a certain amount of pressure and stress that is helpful for all of us because we need that activated state to to drive us forward. And and your your own threshold for that will be different. But I think what would be lovely to avoid is the 
the feeling of overwhelm that means that we go into quite often the classic overwhelm response behaviors like paralysis so some people when they feel overwhelmed they just stop they can't see the wood for the trees it just creates complete inertia there's no movement anywhere or there might be some procrastination that goes on. Yeah, but leave it until the deadline forces the action. Leave it until the deadline. Or Yeah, and I, I am much more of a... You are so in that space. <laughs> yeah. Because that amount of pressure really motivates me. Yeah. And, and I don't get stressed about leaving it to the last yeah. minute. Yeah. Um, because for me, it's like, no, it's, it's at its right time. But I, mm. I think over the years as well, I've also developed a, a really good awareness of and understanding of my work rate and my capacity so that that last minute thing Mm. isn't always the night before it might be the week before but but it's based on how much time have I actually got and have I also Mm. disaster planned what if something happens with the kids and have I got any space you know I think that just comes with sort of time and practice but these responses can be paralysis it can be this headless chicken I'm just running around doing anything I can but I'm it's purposeless it doesn't really have direction it's not actually ticking things off that we need it to tick off it's kind of busy work rather than working on the stuff that needs to be done purposeful work and then quite often I think what happens not as an immediate response but as a cyclical response and particularly I find with those people in my network or my client base who have ADHD is there are cyclical crashes that happen which mean okay. that we then have no choice and we have to just, just stop, just break down. So it's not the paralysis inertia of I'm too frightened to move. It's all of my neurotransmitters have just left my brain. It's all been too much and I'm, I'm forced to stop. Do you know, I wonder if that's where this phrase, burnout's inevitable, is coming from. Mm-hmm. Maybe. This crash. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of people experience those crashes and they either honor them or don't honor them you know I have some clients that literally go I'm in a crash I've got to go to bed for a day and and that's a result of getting to the point of overwhelm and depending on your neurotype you'll get to that point with differing scenarios at differing times if you think about an ADHD brain it's working at 100 miles an hour processing a lot of stuff all of the time so the potential for overwhelm is predisposed there Mm. and it makes it a lot harder And I think the first thing to say in all of this is don't beat yourself up. Like, yeah, it is exactly it is a normal, natural, totally proportional response to the absolute show of what life looks like at the moment for a lot of people. So Mm. let's not add the second arrow of beating ourselves up because we're experiencing this or because we can't get going or because we don't have the drive or because we can't see the wood for the trees or because we're just an emotional wreck a lot of the time that's okay right just let's not worry Mm. about the fact that it's happening and don't beat yourselves up for it so I think that's the first thing loads of compassion because what doesn't help overwhelm is the additional pressure of self-criticism flagellation and bemoaning what a terrible person you are so we can just let's just say that we don't need to do that let's give ourselves permission to go it's all right state of the nation is absolutely (laughs) rife for overwhelm yeah so we have these these sort of responses to it this paralysis this headless chicken these potentially cyclical crashes want to avoid this feeling of overwhelm in the moment so you can have a lot on and you can have the same amount on on a monday as you can on a tuesday for example 
and one day you could be feeling completely differently about it so it's not necessarily about how much is how much there is on even if the amount of everything going on doesn't change there is a window of opportunity to shift the experience of it being overwhelming does that make sense okay yes that's the bit and that if, if again I shift that out of context and think of another example an actor standing in the wings with those butterflies in their stomach yeah can be standing in the wings going really fired up for this feeling yeah. feeling excited feeling a bit jittery feeling you know pre-stage lie. nerves and it's and it's a good feeling lie alive yeah, yeah it's a good yeah. feeling or they can be standing there going I am scared as hell yeah uh, you know this is not working oh my god I can't go out there biologically and in the senses is the same thing happening in the body yeah so whilst I am not suggesting that when we're in a massive state of overwhelm we just go oh I'm not overwhelmed I'm just feeling excited (laughs) whatever that is whatever the got a lot going on I'm fired up I've got a lot going on I'm fired up you know I'm not suggesting that it's as quick as a verbal reframe to shift that yeah but we can shift our experience and a lot of that is around getting into what is the visceral, sensory, embodied, felt state of overwhelm to you and how can we play around with that? So effectively, overwhelm is when everything just piles on. And yes. the, general, the general experience of it, isn't it? It's just there's too much coming at me. It's quite heavy, isn't it? It's sort of, for me, it's quite overhanging. And as soon as I can get it is about ticking stuff off the list, little bits. But for me, it's mm. actually about getting that stuff done so I can move it and think clearly again. Yeah. And wouldn't it be brilliant if, because you know you're going to get the stuff done anyway. Yeah. If we could shift that feeling of overwhelm so that the getting it done, it feels easier. Well, this is the thing. So I think I have. So I don't feel, I feel on the edge of overwhelm. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't even know that I would use the word overwhelm. I've got stuff hanging over me. Yeah. But I don't yeah, feel yeah. panicked. I don't feel like I can't do it. I don't feel like I need to run around doing other stuff. Yeah. I just need to plod on, get it done to its best abilities so that I can forget about it, knowing it was a job well done and move on to the yeah. stuff that I want to move on to. Yeah, exactly. So like you say, you're on the edge of overwhelm. Yeah. So you're not having that crushing, oh no. my God, because when we feel overwhelmed, it overwhelms us. The mm. feeling is a lot, isn't it? Yeah. So that acute sense of overwhelm, we'd like to be able to avoid. But also there's this this tolerance or lack of tolerance or resilience for dealing with this sense of pressure, this yeah. sense of continual pressure. And mm. about shifting that state, you describe it as things hanging over you. Well, if with a lot of the NLP stuff we do, we, we work on the internal experience of that and, and shifting that and moving that mm. so that you don't have that looming sense of stuff hanging over you, but it's maybe clearly out in front of you so that yeah. you can lay it all out there and you can see what has to be done so that there are ways that you can shift your state in the moment. Mm. You have got a great chapter in your book on overwhelm as well, haven't you, and some of the strategies that yeah, you can use. That. Yeah, yeah, there's a few bits yeah. in there. Empowered Entrepreneur. Empowered Entrepreneur. Shameless Available from all good websites, <laughs> elizabethcamp.com. <laughs> Thank you, lovely people. Um, and I think, well, let's let's start to talk about how we manage some of this in a second. 
but there's one particular area of area of business where you can shed some light most definitely that is overwhelming for a lot of my clients at the moment and that is that aspect of branding and managing the branding of your business so we'll come back to the nuts and bolts of general overwhelm but when we think about branding or getting ourselves out there in the best possible way whether that's your communications or whether that's what your brand looks and feels like all of that stuff a lot of entrepreneurs if it's not their space can find that process hugely overwhelming can't they can they (laughs) (laughs) i know you don't because you do it every day i know i'm really struggling to connect with what you're saying because to me it it, it's very logical there's a there's Mm. a very clear path through but it is interesting because i was talking to a friend who's just invested in a company and they are absolutely in headless chicken mode not not the friend that's invested but the company directors you know they know they want to grow the business and they've had feedback not just from me but from lots of people that the packaging the messaging the clarity around what their business is what their product is what sets it apart who they're talking to needs defining I don't know whether they're overwhelmed. My sense is that they possibly are, probably are. But they're certainly headless chickening, exploring lots of avenues that to me make no logical sense. You know, looking at PR campaigns, looking at how they can get um, influencers on board and all these things that to me, you do that once you have the clarity. You do that once you've found your space. You do that once your product is well designed and don't get me wrong the actual product is phenomenal but you know once your packaging is in place Mm. that's the time to do all that stuff and but that's what I mean I think this is what we find overwhelming isn't it (laughs) yeah we have to take our business to market there is so much there's so many possibilities so many people are telling us we should be doing this. We should be doing that. We're yeah. bloody that. We've got this to think about. Spend your money here. Spend your money there. Spend your money here. How do we make sense of it? Oh, I should be blogging. I should be. Whatever it is, mm. there's a plethora of potential opportunities. And just that breadth and finding the way through it, when all you actually need to do, you create a brand, you take it to market. But the prospect of doing that for a lot of people is hugely overwhelming. Yeah. And I know it isn't for you because you have this process. And also, I guess that's probably an insight that you see more than me because by the time they come to me they're kind of committed to starting with their brand and then I can just support them through doing that and so therefore it's not overwhelming but I can totally understand that getting them to that point of just committing to sorting out the fundamentals before we go off and worry about getting ourselves into Condé Nast Traveller, mm. it's like, well, surely that's going to pay off more. Or It's difficult to know, isn't it, I think, where mm. where mm. to start. And I know we've covered a little bit, uh, well, quite a lot of the, the starting piece in the episode, if you haven't caught it, on where to start with your branding. Mm. But I think it's worth recapping for people. When you've got this, I need to make my business work for me commercially, and branding sits at the heart of that, how do we reduce the overwhelm of that? What should we be prioritising? Well, I think everybody in marketing agrees 
that having a unique selling point or a point of difference is a good idea. So not being one of those people that is offering something very similar to everyone else and people are just picking you because you're local or you're cheap or you're the friendliest, but actually having a compelling point of difference. That's fairly well-received marketing wisdom. You know, it's, it's, it's been around for however many years. And I don't think many people would dispute that being a good idea. Mm -hmm. But actually getting to that point of difference and getting to a meaningful point of difference can be really hard. We want to be all the things to all the people and we don't necessarily want mm -hmm. to commit and clarify that down into something. But actually what committing does is allow us to communicate in a really compelling way so for me it's about yes definitely thinking about what's our unique selling point where do we sit in the market who are we serving all of that stuff that brand clarity stuff and really finding your magic what's the magic in your brand because when you can define mm -hmm. that and we we talked about magic being unique selling point with sparkle mm. And and I think the difference between a unique selling point is something that makes you different, whereas your magic is something that allows you to tell really captivating stories. Yes. So exactly. in Purpose and Possibility, we talked about Arnia, my Aussie skincare client. So when I started working with Arnia, the first thing we did was think about, well, what, what is her magic? And actually, we defined that as premium green skincare for moments of returning to yourself who doesn't want to return to themselves oh premium sensory skincare it was yeah. i'm doing this off the top in a state of brink overwhelm but yeah <laughs> yeah and there's so many stories you can tell with that. so much of awkwardness around premium sensory moments of returning to yourself green skincare that it gives you so much visual emotional resonant fodder to go from that suddenly instead of narrowing things down and closing things off you've suddenly opened up this whole world of possibility yeah absolutely and I think if I bring that back to the overwhelm and how important so in the branding process we're starting there but it's also so important to know your magic to sit in your authenticity to know your space to prevent overwhelm because if you if you really do start there mm. and you start with you as the entrepreneur as well and your unique magic that you bring and you have that as your north star yeah you're less likely to be pulled into situations and scenarios that put you out of your comfort zone in a bad way that um, undermine your confidence that create difficult relationships and challenging dynamics i'm not saying they don't happen when you find your magic but mm you are with that north star you are already starting to set yourself up for less overwhelm because there's a clarity yeah and it can allow you to shape your strategy your process all of your operations around that mm. and that just creates a much more aligned much more even flow through the business so from a self-care point of view not just from a branding and strategic point of view knowing your magic owning it and sitting in that authentic place is one of those things in the toolkit for reducing overwhelm and building resilience, I think, mm. in, in a broader sense. Yeah. Okay, so we've got the magic. Then 
where do we focus? Well, then for me, it's brand identity. So it's making sure that you've got those foundations in place. And again, it isn't just having something beautiful. It's having something that absolutely effortlessly communicates that magic without you having to say a word. When everything's pulling in the right direction, then when you get that placement in that amazing magazine, when you get the right influencers talking about you, when you're holding events that have the right people buzzing about what you've got to offer, everything flows. So that's why, to me, to me it makes no logical sense about this being overwhelming because it, it is a very clear path where you start with the magic and what you want to be known for and what sets you apart. And then you think, about well how do we translate that through the identity Mm. so I would start always with the logo and the brand elements then I would move on to photography website packaging packaging definitely before photography brand voice copy all of that stuff and then you think about how that trickles through to Mm. your communications so what stories are we telling through our newsletter how are we showing up on social media what do the graphics look like? It, it's, there's, a, there's a very clear order. It's a hierarchy, really, isn't yeah. there? And if yeah. you go in at, let's start with the Instagram channel, you're, you're missing a whole strategy piece that will make all of this so much easier, but more importantly, yeah. easier for people to connect with. I think the other thing is potentially what we quite often do to avoid tackling the things that are overwhelming us you know whether that's branding or anything else is we we become more tunnel visioned it's almost like we have blinkers on and we have blinkers to the longer term view so we end up in a very short termist view because Mm. everything is so on top of us there's no space to see there's no perspective there's no ability to plan ahead. We've just got so much on, we can't possibly do any more rather than going, well, this state of not being able to do any more is unsustainable. So something has to be different. So shifting from the short term to a longer term view is often what's needed in the headspace, I think, to get to get people over the line to go, actually, I need to tackle this. So I suppose what we're talking about here is tackling the chronic causes of overwhelm requires a commitment to do something differently and there's a lot Mm. of reasons why we procrastinate on doing that you know the other side to all of this is we're talking a lot about overwhelm stopping us moving forwards Mm. but there's also I think this overwhelm that you get when you're not clear And so the way that you message around your business, the way that you communicate the strengths of your brand, the way the Mm. your ability to captivate your clients is massively reduced because they find it overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. They're not quite sure what to make of you or how to connect. So that kind of thing shows up in that you know you've got a great idea, but people just aren't biting. They don't yeah. get it. Why don't they get it? Yeah. Yeah, and that, that can be a huge source of frustration yeah. and can lead us into just just scattergun. Yes. You know, scattergun. So getting messages out and let's hope that something sticks. Yeah, which then just generates more noise and more things potentially to respond to, which might be in the wrong direction. You know, there's just 
there's just more of that and I think it takes more effort yeah so if you amount. think about that lovely river just flowing mm. when you're in your flow as well it's everything is easier yeah. you're not having to make that effort to get over this massive tree trunk that's in your way you're not kind of yeah. throwing things over it and hoping that someone's going to catch one of them it's like yeah exactly a lovely boat sailing along the top maybe that's a nice. swan maybe a swan pedaling furiously underneath, <laughs> furiously underneath. Yeah. <laughs> so let's think about some practical pieces for dealing with just general overwhelm yeah um and i think there's I mean, there's loads, of, and there is a whole chapter in the book, and there's loads of other stuff we can say. But for you, what helps you? For me personally, definitely a list. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this, didn't we, in the transitioning back to work. So I quite like a couple of lists going on. I quite like some clarity of what I, where I'm going mm-hmm. in, the, in the midterm, so yeah. literally for the half term. And then, and then some smaller stuff that I can tick off. So that really helps me. We've talked about this before, but what does not help me is getting everything out of the post-it note, putting it on the wall, and literally me not being able to sleep for three nights. So yeah, yeah. that too much. that is too much. So there's for me, it, it's about this appropriate level. And like I said at the start of this, if I was to write out every single element that I have to do to get these five seminars live. I would be in absolute overwhelm. So yes, I'd get the satisfaction of ticking things off, but I'd rather mm. tick off five things, you mm-hmm. know, five seminars, rather than the 25 pieces of admin that I need to do per seminar. Absolutely. And that's the really core piece about how we organise information in our minds as well, because the larger the chunks of things, yeah. you know, a lot of overwhelm is that we've just got 10 million things going on, yeah. like 10 exactly. million things. And so there's this this piece we can do in our minds to chunk information. And, you know, we've, mm. we've all got spinning plates, but we often don't identify what those spinning plates are. It just feels like a whole mass of information in our mind. Mm. There's, there's just too much. I've got all these emails over here to write, and then I've got all these tiny things over here to write. If you just take a moment to reorganize that information in your head or out on paper or on post-its if it works i mean post-its on the wall works for me in the big chunks not in the tiny pieces so that you you group the things that you're dealing with into manageable portions so for example family stuff can be a plate you're spinning health stuff can be a plate you're spinning but that you know underneath that there's the supplements I'm taking and the exercise routine and the bloody blah, 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 but it's just, it's that plate. Yeah. You've got your, your communications is a plate. You've got a client piece over here that's a plate. You know, if, if you group that information together into the bigger chunks of what you're dealing with, you can then move fewer pieces around in a way that makes sense. And some of them you can move off your immediate plate. You know, some of them mm. don't need to be paid attention to in that moment of overwhelm that might come in. It's like, you know, when it comes to CJ's birthday, like that, that sort of niggling, oh, I need to plan the party sort of just cut, sometimes keeps creeping in, mm. right? But that plate, I can just park for a different time once I know that it's it, the kid's stuff doesn't belong in this slot. Yes, I was thinking that the slots really helps. Marking out your time and going, I'm only allowed to hold these plates at this yeah. time can yeah. be really helpful. 
and one of the other things on my piece which you've already said with this planning ahead taking a small amount of time in order to look ahead reduces overwhelm in the long term yeah exactly because with overwhelm we're only looking at what's right in front of us and we need to literally step back and get perspective Mm. as much noise as we can reduce as possible like literal physical noise um, Mm. and all of the channels that are open and coming at us if you're feeling overwhelmed you need to reduce the information that you're having to process yeah so it's as simple as turning your notifications off yeah it's as simple as shutting your laptop at a certain time and getting away from it it's as simple as not looking at the media you know Mm. whatever it is that reduces the noise yeah and you might only have to do that for a short period of time And building that in as a habit. I'm very deliberately, after we finish recording this, I've got loads on at the moment. I could absolutely work between now and midnight tomorrow night and and really enjoy it and it'd be great and still not get everything done that I need to get done. Mm. And I know that by shutting off after this and taking a weekend with my partner Mm. where I can slow the internal role of this frantic energy that's built up when there's a lot going on to create some space means that I'm not going to get triggered into overwhelm next week when I come back to all this stuff. Everything's slowed down and I will be so much more efficient and so much more productive. So creating space from the noise and that for you, that's great that it's a three day weekend. But one of the things I was going to say was just getting out for a walk or just yeah, no, absolutely. The garden yeah, yeah. For 20 minutes. I mean, it's not going to give me the same deep relaxation that you're going to get. Well, that's the thing. So when I'm really, really busy like this, I do those, you know, half an hour at the gym on a run, get mm. out for a walk, those small pieces. But what I find for myself, because I've been in a sprint since the beginning of September yeah. since the kids went back to school yeah. my internal engine is now running really hot it's running yeah. really hot so a 20 minute walk doesn't reset that for me no now. no those have been maintenance pieces that yeah. have kept it manageable but I can feel that I'm running so hot now mm. if I don't reset yeah next week will be an absolute disaster because I yeah. cannot sustain it and how can you see that do you just get a sense that that's coming and you need to do something about it? Yeah, years of experience. Yeah. So it's just, I, I, I experience it physically as, as this sort of whirring movement in my solar plexus. Yeah. Like it's just, it's fast. There's yeah. stuff going on. Yeah. I'm breathing a lot faster. I'm holding a lot more tension. I'm speaking more quickly. Yeah. I'm thinking more quickly. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm in an activated state. And it gets to a point mm. where it's like the Duracell bunny. You know, you're sort of in that activated state and I can't interrupt that pattern. Mm. And that's particular of this time of the year for me. And I know that I will burn out yeah. if I don't stop. Yeah, that. yeah. And it gets to a threshold where I don't allow it to start to create anxiety or once it starts affecting my sleep, you know, that's mm. it's gone too far Yeah. when it comes to that. So I think, and I, I sort of, know from experience how long I can go in that mode Mm. three weeks I can go in that mode Mm. with the maintenance pieces in there as well you know if I hadn't done any of the other self-care if I hadn't been doing my yoga if I hadn't been doing my breathing Mm. exercises I'd be an absolute wreck but they are maintenance pieces they're not reset Mm. pieces yes and it's the reset that's needed because actually what's happening in my physical body 
is I'm setting myself up for being overwhelmed by the emotion of it, by the dysregulation of my nervous system. Mm. And I know for me, it's going to take two days to reset that. Yeah. Where I don't look at the phone and I don't have the laptop and I'm in nature. And after two days, I'll be, I'll be set. Yeah. And sometimes it's a day, but, and some, sometimes people will need three or four days Mm. on it. And I'm, I'm not saying that it's a very privileged and very luxurious position and I don't have the children this weekend, thank you, Mike. But so not everybody has that space, but I know the cost to me of not taking that space Mm. is too high because all of this work that's here at the moment is really valuable to me in my business and I need to serve these clients really well Yeah, because that's what enables the ongoing sustainability of my business Mm. because all of my work comes in through recommendation. Mm. So yeah. the work has to be good and I have to show up with the right energy and I know that the cost is too high not to do that and I think quite often we, we don't realise the true cost of not showing up in the right state mm. is to our business. Yeah, I think even even if we do, I think just the practicalities of, yeah. you know, Pete's working this weekend, I actually could yeah. do with a weekend in nature. Absolutely. But he's working this weekend and I will be doing the mum taxi and prepping for the carpets and all the other stuff. But the only thing that's enabled us to take this weekend is because we we booked it in a long time ago. And I think that's the thing about looking forward. What what can people do if people, me, (laughs) (laughs) if they're hearing all those symptoms and thinking, yeah, I I recognise some of those. And but you know I will have, and I'm sure lots of people listening to this will have a window here and there. Mm-hmm. Nervous system first. I mean, we talked about this in the resilience masterclass, mm-hmm. didn't we? The state of overwhelm is a physical state in the body that you can shift out of. Yeah. In not a very large amount of time. Yeah. So you can get yourself from feeling really, really overwhelmed to being ready to take small steps of action in a matter of yeah. minutes. Actually. Yeah. What um, what creates a sort of systemic and a chronic state of overwhelm is we just don't take the literal three minutes that it would take to reset the nervous system. You do find yourself doing it often, don't you? So I'm doing yeah. a lot of yoga at the moment. I'm taking a lot of back rescue remedies. I'm doing a lot of yeah, walks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and exactly. It, the, the, you know, you will be reset and that will tide you over for some weeks, if not some months. Whereas... <laughs> yeah, but the day... But, but the daily practices still have to be there. Yeah. So I'm still regulating my nervous system whenever it starts to go off whack. Yeah. And so if you're in, if you're experiencing a state of overwhelm, stop. Mm. Just stop. Don't try and push on through. Don't try yeah. and go. Well, I'll just get this done, and then and then I'll I'll, I'll just wait to sort myself out. No, just stop. Mm. You're experiencing the overwhelm. Take a breath. Recognize that you're overwhelmed. Decide that you're going to do something about it. Mm. Get up say you're sat at your desk or you're in a space and and go somewhere else doesn't matter where it is preferably outside or to an open window or to a room that's lighter and feels less overwhelming just change your environment so already you've dissociated yourself from the state that you're getting overwhelmed in so move your body away change your environment stand put your roots down or sit put your roots down metaphorically visually however you want to do that breathe and pay close attention to your out breath. Mm. 
when you lengthen your out breath, it signals via your vagus nerve to your whole system to start to relax and to kick into the parasympathetic nervous system, rest and digest. You can use your breath to calm yourself down. Hand on your belly, hand on your heart, rock yourself like a baby. You know, mm-hmm. if you've got loads of pent up energy and you're overwhelmed, move and shake it out. Yeah. If you've got really sluggish you know sort of I want to retreat and go away and it's all too much and 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 shaking feels too violent to you then just rock yourself like a baby the aim is to soothe the nervous system for a few minutes and then make yourself a cup of tea or get yourself a biscuit because food is really grounding doesn't have to be a biscuit could be a healthy nutrient bar whatever you whatever your diet allows (laughs) chocolate works wonders too and then Give yourself a few moments to just look at what's actually there, put it into bigger chunks and and go, what is actually urgent and important right now? And what can I consciously say to myself, I'm not able to and I'm not going to deal with this now. Yeah. So I am going to physically, emotionally, logically, metaphorically park this until another time. Yeah. For now. Yeah. So that I can then take some steps towards getting some stuff done that I know is important because action and momentum reduces the overwhelm mm. and cake takes us out of that state. And that entire process only takes five minutes. Yeah. It's just doing it, isn't it? It's the stop and do because yeah. what we have a tendency to do is go Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm overwhelmed! I'm overwhelmed! And we, we, but we sometimes we name it, but we just get caught up in it, and we don't give ourselves the space to re. It's, it's just a regulation. Yeah. It's nervous system regulation. Yeah. And then yeah. we can move on. And if you're finding you're having to do that ten times a day, then you need to look at the systemic picture. Yeah. That's, that's a different piece. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there's loads you could. Yeah. Yeah, I think people are going to find that really helpful. I mean, I feel so much calmer just. <laughs> just listening to you talking through that so thank you well we've explored overwhelm far and wide we have i hope it wasn't too overwhelming everybody there'll be loads of stuff coming out on this in my newsletters as well so if you're on the list you'll get that and yeah i hope you can create some space this weekend in whatever form that takes and yeah just enjoy have a great week thanks folks Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to Style and Substance. We really hope you've enjoyed the show. You can find more information on everything we've talked about by heading to the show notes or by visiting our websites at thebrand-stylist.com or elizabethcairns.com. If you like what you've heard, we'd love a review. We're a brand new show and your support makes all the difference. You can like and subscribe, as well as giving us what we hope is a well-deserved five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think of the show too, so please do leave your comments, questions or suggestions for future episodes on our blogs. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye.